0: Welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Tuesday, December 27th, 2022. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, not an exchange blowing up, but is one of the biggest crypto projects in recent years, losing developers and maybe entering a death spiral. More supply chain worries for Apple in China. More concerns about the accuracy and efficacy of our new AI bot overlords. And heads up about a new tech hotness from China. Say hello to Temu. It might be responsible for some of the presents you unwrapped recently. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech Solana based NFT projects, D Gods and Utes announced plans to leave the Solana ecosystem for Ethereum and Polygon, respectively. These were the top two NFT projects on Solana, so that's super bearish for the whole Sol ecosystem, as it might signal that ambitious projects no longer want to build on Solana and might view it as a potentially dying ecosystem, quoting Coindesk. There's an argument to be made that D-Gods has capped out on Solana. The project's leader, Rohun Vora, known as Frank, said in a Monday Twitter Spaces, it's hard to accept, but it's been tough to grow at the rate we want to grow if Ethereum is where we have to go to keep growing, it's what we have to do, end quote. The collections are two of the buzziest in the Solana NFT market, with D-God's commanding a 515 sol or around $5,750 floor price at the time of writing, the largest in the ecosystem. Utes, d sister PFP collection that was released this fall, has a 148 sol or around $1,660 floor price. Sales of D-God's Rose following the news, with the collection's floor price increasing 12% as of Monday. Sales for Utes have stayed relatively calm, with the floor increasing to just 5 sole around $55. In the week leading up to the announcement, sales of D-Gods and Utes accounted for nearly 70% of all Solana NFT sale volume, according to data from Magic Eden. The move was preceded by months of tension on NFT Twitter, with some builders in the Solana NFT space condemning the exit while the collection's holders largely cheered on the move. In early December, at the Art Basel Festival in Miami, rumors circulated on Twitter that the D-Gods team asked the Solana Foundation for $5 million to stay on Sol. A representative from the Solana Foundation confirmed the figure to Coindesk, though the D-Gods team declined to comment on the request's validity. Ute's move to Polygon came at a price. A D-Gods representative told Coindesk that Polygon paid for the move with a grant from its partnership fund, and the details of the deal will be made public eventually. Voris said the grant will last one year, maybe two, and was not paid up front. It's unclear what will happen once the grant runs out. There are a lot of milestones we have to hit, Vora said, and the grant isn't as much as people think, end quote. The migration is the latest in Polygon's partnership winning streak. The Layer 2 blockchain has attracted partners as large as Starbucks, Nike, Reddit, Instagram, and DraftKings in the past year. On the back end, DGOD's move to Ethereum and Polygon could get complicated. It's rare to see high-profile NFT bridges, which would be required in this case, at this scale. When projects go multi-chain, it's typically instead in the style of Doodles, who are considering launching Doodles 2 on a Layer 2 blockchain while keeping its original collection on Ethereum, end quote. So as mentioned, this is super interesting for Polygon. Again, as mentioned, they seem to be on a winning streak. Quoting Pons S. Norium on Twitter, quote, Polygon is the chain where normies will buy NFTs without knowing they are buying NFTs. Trump NFT, Starbucks NFT, Reddit, etc., end quote. That is all referencing recent project news that we might not have talked about on the show. But also, this is huge news in terms of Solana. From a non-cryptocentric perspective, Solana was one of the biggest stories of the last crypto wave. It was supposed to be ETH version 2.0. Remember those huge 5X returns for the Andreessen and Horowitz crypto fund? Coinbase was responsible for sure, but also Solana and some big, big VC and tech influencers made an absolute killing on Solana after it debuted, made a killing in only about three months back in 2021. These are names you would know. So now Solana is the third worst crypto performer in terms of price and market cap in 2022, only surpassed in terms of bloodbaths by FTT and Luna. In terms of total value locked, Solana is down 98%, quoting Modest Rebirth on Twitter. Some will say it's a bottom signal. I would say this is a death signal. The argument for Sol was its adoption. If big projects leave, what's left is a deserted land, end quote. The hits just keep coming for Apple and China, and I mean that in a negative way, Now, supply chain experts are warning of a months-long disruption risk to Apple's iPhone production and operations. But wait, why? Weren't COVID restrictions eased in China? Yeah, now that is the problem. Quoting the Financial Times, As the Chinese government reverses its zero-COVID policy, a longer-lasting risk now looms. The potential of worker shortages at component plants or assembly factories across the country. We should be seeing a lot of operations get impacted by absenteeism, not just at factories, but warehouse, distribution, logistic, and transportation facilities as well, said Bindya Vakil, chief executive of Resolink a California-based group that tracks more than 3 million components to provide supply chain mapping services. The risks to Apple's revenues for 2023 have increased as modeling has shown 1 million Chinese people are at risk of dying from COVID during the coming winter months after President Xi Jinping removed strict pandemic controls. One Apple store in Beijing's main shopping district had to cut hours last week because all its workers were sick. Horace Deju, independent analyst at Asimco, a consultancy, said Apple's production and operational woes in recent months could be followed by a demand crisis in China as consumers reprioritize spending habits. Though the rest of the world saw demand rise during lockdowns, it was due to work from home and stimulus, Deju said. With low immunity and minimal safety nets, Chinese consumers could hunker down and avoid big purchases next year." End quote. China's attempt to stamp out the disease rather than manage it has left the country's assembly lines exposed, said Alan Day, chair of State of Flux, a London-based supply chain consultancy that has been working with the UN on corporate standards for responding to COVID outbreaks. End quote. There seems to be a narrative developing around these new AI bot tools. Sure, they can wow you with their ability to generate outputs better than you might anticipate, but they also seem to have problems generating outputs that are superior to what you could do previously. Remember, we spoke about those stories of false answers and incomplete results generated unless you worked hard to refine your inputs? Now, a new study suggests that programmers who use GitHub Copilot and other AI tools produce less secure code than those who do not, despite believing that their code has no safety issues. Again, if you're relying on the bots blindly, that might bite you in the butt, at least for the time being. Quoting the register. In a paper titled, Do Users Write More Insecure Code with AI Assistance, Stanford Boffins Neil Perry, Mega Srivastada, Deepak Kumar, and Dan Bone answered that question in the affirmative. Worse still, they found that AI help tends to delude developers about the quality of their output. Quote, we found that participants with access to an AI assistant often produce more security vulnerabilities than those without access, with particularly significant results for string encryption and SQL injection. The authors state in their paper, surprisingly, we also found that participants provided access to an AI assistant were more likely to believe that they wrote secure code than those without access to the AI assistant, end quote. Previously, NYU researchers have shown that AI-based programming suggestions are often insecure in experiments under different conditions. The Stanford authors point to an August 2021 research paper titled Asleep at the Keyboard, Assessing the Security of GitHub's Copilot Code Contributions, which found that given 89 scenarios, about 40% of the computer programs made with the help of Copilot had potentially exploitable vulnerabilities. That study, the Stanford authors say, is limited in scope because it only considers a constrained set of props corresponding to 25 vulnerabilities and just three programming languages, Python, C, and Verilog. The Stanford scholars also cite a follow-up study from some of the same NYU eggheads. Security Implications of Large Language Model Code Assistance, a user study, as the only comparable user study they're aware of. They observe, however, that their work differs because it focuses on OpenAI's Codex DaVinci 2 model, rather than OpenAI's less powerful Codex Cushman 1 model, both of which played a role in GitHub Copilot itself, a fine-tuned descendant of a GPT-3 language model. Also, the Stanford study looks at multiple programming languages, Python, JavaScript, and C, while the Security Implications paper focuses just on functions in the C programming language. The Stanford researchers suggest that the inconclusive findings reported in the Securities Implication paper may follow from the narrow focus on C, which they said was the only language in their broader study with mixed results. The authors conclude that AI assistants should be viewed with caution because they can mislead inexperienced developers and create security vulnerabilities. At the same time, they hope their findings will lead to improvements in the way AI assistants are designed, because they have the potential to make programmers more productive, to lower barriers to entry, and to make software development more accessible to those who dislike the hostility of internet forums. As one study participant is said to have remarked about AI assistants, quote, I hope this gets developed. It's like Stack Overflow, but better because it never tells you that your question was dumb, end quote. How do you make a password that's strong enough so no one will guess it, and it's impossible for you to forget, and do it for a hundred different sites, and make it so everyone in your company can do the same without ever needing to reset them? Sounds impossible unless you have 1Password. More than any other product I've ever told you about, I can vouch 1,000% for 1Password. I can't live without it. OnePassword makes strong security easy for your people and gives you the visibility you need to take action when you need to. Any device, any time, OnePassword lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi Fi password. OnePassword's award winning password manager is trusted by millions of users and over a hundred thousand businesses from IBM to Slack it beat out 40 other options to become Wirecutter's top pick for password managers. Right now my listeners get a free 2-week trial at onepassword.com/ride for your growing business. That's 2 free weeks at onepassword.com/ride. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com/ride. but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. That's their air underwear. Crazy, comfortable, but elevated sweatpants, the Ace Collection. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads, the Silver Peak Polo. That's my personal fave and ultra-soft antimicrobial tees for when you need to stay fresh longer. Their silver crew neck t-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code RIDE. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code RIDE. Let's end today with a couple of timely end of year stories. First up being, after some pushback, the IRS has delayed requirements for e commerce apps such as Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and even Etsy to send tax forms to small businesses if they do more than $600 in transactions in a given year, quoting Bloomberg. The one year delay is a reprieve for individuals who use those digital payments platforms to conduct business. Congress reduced the tax reporting threshold to $600 from $20,000 in 2021, and it was slated to affect people filing tax returns in the spring of next year. The IRS said it will use the coming year to transition to the new requirements and that more information would be available soon. The additional time will help reduce confusion during the upcoming 2023 tax filing season and provide more time for taxpayers to prepare and understand the new reporting requirements, acting IRS Commissioner Douglas O'Donnell said in a statement Friday. Representatives of PayPal, which also owns Venmo, and Block, which owns Cash App, didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. The requirement for third-party payment processors to send 1099-K forms to taxpayers with more than $600 in business transactions with no minimum number of transactions required was included in the 2021 pandemic aid legislation known as the American Rescue Plan Act. Previously, the law had the higher dollar threshold as well as a minimum of more than 200 transactions. The IRS said the law isn't intended to track personal transactions such as reimbursing a friend or family member for a meal or gift or for paying a household member for a bill. However, the difficulty of delineating personal and business transactions has caused critics of the proposal to say that it could result in people receiving IRS forms for payments on which they don't owe taxes. Online marketplaces such as eBay also have pushed for the $600 threshold to be increased, arguing that the lower threshold will cause confusion for taxpayers who sold used goods online for less than the original purchase price. The delay comes after pleas from Congress. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle expressed interest in raising or delaying the $600 threshold, but they were unable to include such a change in the year's spending bill." And finally, let me introduce you to Timu. It's from Duo. It's a marketplace, and according to Sensor Tower, it is the number one app in the United States quoting the Wall Street Journal. Online shopping site Timu has soared in popularity in the US since its launch in September. The rapid growth of the site, which sells ultra-low-priced goods, mostly made in China, has made Shanghai-based Pinduoduo the latest Chinese firm to find success in a country increasingly wary of Beijing as a technology rival. In less than four months, Timu has racked up 10.8 million installations in the U.S., according to analytics firm SensorTower, making it the country's most downloaded mobile app in any category between November 1st and December 14th. When Kathy Benetti first went on Timu in Thanksgiving, she wasn't planning to splurge. But as she browsed the site, she was struck by the low prices. Before she knew it, she had filled her shopping cart with 14 items totaling $90, a meat tenderizer, cost 69 cents. A sweater went for $10 and a jacket that could be a Christmas gift for her son was $15. Ms. Benetti, a 68-year-old office manager at a storage facility in Dartmouth, Massachusetts, said she was impressed that so many items were cheaper than on Amazon.com. Her order arrived within the promised 17 to 15 business days. You're not getting the top of the line, but that's okay, she said. Days later, she returned for Christmas shopping, this time spending $223 for 34 items. Shoppers like Ms. Benetti helped Timu's November sales volume roughly quadruple from October, peaking over the Black Friday shopping period when daily sales reached $7 million over a seven-day period, according to research firm Yipit Data. Though still small, Timu's fast rise recalls that of Xiin, another China-founded retailer that quickly emerged to become a juggernaut. Timu also follows ByteDance's short video app TikTok, whose viral success and Chinese roots have made it a top target in Washington. Timu was launched by Pinduoduo, a disruptor on China's internet. In seven years, Pinduoduo, which has started calling itself PDD Holdings, captured more than 70% of domestic internet users, prompting it to seek new markets as China's economic and regulatory outlook grew murkier. When Timu opened for business in September, its website made no mention of Pinduoduo, The site now acknowledges its Shanghai parent, though Timu says it started in Boston, sources products globally, and runs its U.S. business through a Delaware-based company. A Singapore entity works with customers outside the U.S. Timu pledges on its website to protect intellectual property rights, offset carbon emissions, and encrypt consumer data. Shein and TikTok have come under scrutiny for some of those very issues. Timu effectively reproduces Pinduoduo's domestic Chinese business model, which focuses on consumers in less affluent areas, encouraging them to band together and score deals. Timu, like Pinduoduo, liberally doles out coupons and other incentives to consumers if they advertise Timu on their social networks. Most Timu bestsellers cost less than $10 and are unbranded, the one-hit product, a pair of Lenovo earbuds, lists for $8.47, 40% less than on Amazon.com. After applying coupons, consumers can get a pair for just $3. Lenovo Audio's product page indicates it has sold more than 100,000 pairs on Timu, end quote. I gotta admit, it was a bit nice not to pay much attention to tech over the last few days. Even I need a break sometimes, but don't worry. My subconscious kept me honest. I had two separate dreams one where I worked for Elon Musk, and the other where I was Mark Zuckerberg's Major Domo. So even when I take a break, Silicon Valley knows where I'm sleeping and knows when I'm awake. No show tomorrow. The next show will be on Thursday, December 29th. Talk to you then.